Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Kim. And this is The Department, a podcast about trends, taste, brands, and products. This is episode nine. Episode nine is all about conscious consumerism, a trend that has been flooding our brainwaves and Instagram feeds and <laughs> and shopping carts pretty much um, for the past couple of years. You know, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into what conscious consumerism is. You know, I spent actually a lot of time really digging into it as well and really getting really involved in it. Mm-hmm. I really actually enjoying it. It's so complicated. And there's so many steps to it and so many levels. So Fast Company came out with this article this year and it was titled Green is Good, right? Consumers don't always see it that way. So researchers have found out that consumers think eco-friendly products are less effective than their traditional, more polluting counterparts. Really? Uh-huh. So the article goes uh. on to say, uh, consumer sentiments towards green products is grounded in some truth. Until recently, most mainstream brands and consumers weren't particularly interested in sustainability. So it was smaller niche brands that created these green products. Uh, since they had fewer resources than the bigger brands, they could not invest as much in product innovation or in improving the performance of their products. So in many cases, consumers were right for thinking that the mainstream brands created goods that were more effective. Uh, a recent study, however, reported that 75% of consumers surveyed viewed sustainability as extremely or very important, meaning that businesses with, with larger R&D dollars are now finally jumping on board and will help to destigmatize this market. So, you know, in any case, you know, um, from a lot of experience, yeah, definitely some eco products are, yeah, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when we talk about like cleaning stuff. Yes. It's getting better, but that the early mm-hmm. cleaning products that were eco were not very effective. What I wanted to ask you is, is there anything that you found to be actually really effective from uh, like a sustainability standpoint or anything that maybe you kind of added into your daily routine in this past year? I mean, for me, the biggest shift, and this is kind of a constant ongoing mission for myself, is reducing the amount of plastic that comes into our house. There was a crazy article that NPR released, I don't know, like a week, a week and a half ago, which we'll share in our show notes because I think everybody should read it. And Mm -hmm. the very long story short is that very little plastic actually gets recycled and ever has been recycled. It's about 10%. And most plastics can only be recycled once or twice. They just break down. They're not useful. So Mm -hmm. The most important thing you can do is use less plastic, but it's really, really, really hard, you know? And so the thing that I've adopted more than anything this year is buying a lot of like reusable vessels for cleaning products, like detergent, you know, spray cleaners, things like that, and then refilling them. So tracking down Mm -hmm. products to refill them with that don't come in plastic, use a minimal amount of plastic, are post-consumer, that kind of thing. And 
it takes a little bit of extra effort. And at first it it's kind of, I don't know, it's, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, one more chore that I have to do. But when you get used to it, totally, it's like great, you know? Yeah. There's, there's definitely this, this learning curve. And I think it's going to, what's going to be like really hard for the older generations be- mm-hmm. because convenience is key. And we'll, we'll go in and we'll talk more about this plastic stuff. Like we've got a lot of facts and figures, but it's like, yeah, it's like you, you got so used to things just being so disposable and like, you know, just you barely had to think about them. And I think for a long time, there was this belief that if you, you if you were using something that was like organic or non-toxic, that was the mm-hmm. most important thing you could do. Totally. And it didn't matter if it came in a disposable container. But now we're realizing that actually what it comes in yes. is kind of the most important part of it. And that's a big shift. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is extra work. So there are solutions for some things. There are not good solutions for other things, yeah. but everything adds up. Yeah. Everything adds up. I think we can jump right in. Let me just break down conscious consumerism just a little bit more. So it's a trend that is growing more and more popular mm-hmm. every day. And particularly in 2020, conscious consumerism is a movement whereby consumers vote with their dollar by buying ethical products or boycotting unethical companies. So it's pretty simple. You know, sometimes they call it um, ethical consumerism Mm -hmm. or green consumerism. So essentially, where do you put your dollar and how can we keep putting it in the right place and adjusting your lifestyle to consume in a way that's more positive to the environment as well as society? And I think it's, you know, it's not, doesn't that kind of happen overnight? And there's not a lot of you know, the, the products are just kind of coming to market on, in a lot of cases. Um, and kind of changing that mindset is going to take some time. <laughs> and it's and the convenience, you know, is, mm-hmm. it's going to take a little while to get used to. Um, so there's this socially conscious marketing agency called Good Must Grow. Uh, they offer an annual report each year about consumer sentiments towards conscious consumerism. Uh, So they report each year on something called the Conscious Consumerism Spending Index, which is calculated by evaluating the importance consumers place on purchasing from socially responsible companies, actions taken to support such products and services, and future intent to increase the amount they spend with responsible organizations. So they had been reporting a slump over the past two years prior to 2020, where it was literally just trending down, which was super, super worrying, especially because it was trending down mostly amongst millennials and Gen Z kids who who are such a big Mm -hmm. driving force and supporter of conscious consumerism. But then 2020 hit and it really switched gear. And now conscious consumerism is actually trending way up, like across the board. Uh, so, you know, if anyone's looking for just the slightest silver lining to this pandemic and the, all the social upheaval, <laughs> it's really to reignite the consumer mindset. Yeah. You know, like just slight, slight good coming out of a global pandemic that that we're finally like realigning, reinvigorating um, the consumer mindset towards a more sustainable and conscious future. So Good Must Grow defines four aspects Mm -hmm. of conscious consumerism. And the first one is, have you been green? Which means, are you recycling? Are you properly disposing of waste? Are you favoring reusable products? The second one is, 
reduced consumption. So are you reducing your use of gas and energy? Are you just reducing your overall consumer purchases? And then buying of like goods and services from socially responsible companies is the third one. And the fourth one are is, are you just contributing financially to a nonprofit or charity? And so, you know, they, they've been tracking since 2013, mm-hmm. these four different pillars. And shockingly, Ben Green, it was the highest in about 2015. Um, and it has dropped down and it continues to drop down. Like that's the one that hasn't it hasn't gone up. It's people are not recycling. They're not pro- properly disposing of waste. And it might be a cleanliness thing because of like the pandemic, or it may be as something to do with, you know, um, waste removal and things like that. But people are just kind of, mm-hmm. they're, they're not, they're not going there, but they are reducing their consumption of gas, energy, overall purchases. And that obviously could be a lot of different factors there and buying goods and services from socially responsible companies that has actually gone up quite a bit of people actually seeking out companies that are supporting uh, a more socially responsible um, mindset. And then also what's trending up is contributing financially to nonprofits and charities. So they also did another, another survey. Um, It was investments in health and savings are post-pandemic priorities, they say. In light of what you learned from COVID-19 pandemic, will you increase, decrease, or stay the same with the following activities? And everybody is going to be increasing in everything from um, shopping locally, 34% increase, supporting charities, 23% increase, saving money, 41%. Being kind to the environment is up 36%. Um, buying from socially responsible companies is up 29%. And working to improve health and well-being, that's up 43%. That's like the number one is people really, you know, f- focusing on their own self and their own well-being. I think the the ability to even access information about the plastics, about the ocean, about, you know, all about, about social, all that stuff. I think it's actually becoming more and more wildly available and spread more on, you know, social media platforms and things like that. So I think it's becoming just more in the the consumer mindset. I think so. It's, it's hard for me to know because like I'm in that scene, but I do feel like there are so many accounts that are just for this kind of stuff. And influencers. And it's younger people starting them. Yeah, yeah. Like high school kids. I mean, that Mm -hmm. makes me so happy. Yes. Because, I mean, that's that's kind of, you know, where it's going to start. And then it'll, you know, it'll it'll Mm -hmm. start with those motivators. Just getting the word out there. I mean, learning about, and and we, we talk about it here as well, it's like learning about the fact that if you recycle a plastic bottle, um, it has like an eight to ten percent chance of actually being recycled. The rest of it just goes into a landfall. <sighs> Did you like? I yeah, didn't or know that. Gets burned. Or gets burned. Or gets burned. You know, here in Philly, we found out last year that for about a year they had been collecting the recycling as if it was going to be recycled, like separate bin, yes. separate truck. And they were just burning it. Holy crap. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's like the whole thing with plastic is really complicated. Mm. But basically, 
There are so many kinds of plastic and they all need to be recycled in a different way Mm -hmm. that there's no one place that could recycle it all. So what we were doing for a long time here in the United States is we were bundling it all up and sending it to China. Right. But apparently we were doing a really bad job of it. Uh, I don't know what this means, but the word I would read constantly is that we were sending them contaminated plastic. Oh, that's so just- I don't know if that's because – is that because I'm really bad about cleaning peanut butter jars? Yes. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, uh, they finally were like, we're sick of it. Yeah. You send us bad plastic. And so they stopped. And everybody was like, shit. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of plastic. What do we do? And it was like, we'll bury some of it. We'll burn some of it. Mm-hmm. We'll – we don't know, but we're definitely not going to tell anyone that that's what's happening. Yeah. So it's like a weird conspiracy. What are we going to do with the plastic? <laughs> right. So nobody knows what to do. And yeah. like the amount of plastic we use, when you start to become aware of it, like mm-hmm. I, there's part of, you know, I get so torn because the majority of my feeling is like, I want everyone to know this yeah, so we can all do better. But there's this part of me that's like, oh, I'm sorry to burden you with this but get ready to start losing your mind because mm-hmm. then you you look around and all you're like plastic, 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 Everywhere. plastic. Oh my God, my whole life is made of plastic. Like there's a little plastic window in the pasta box yes. and like the Q-tips come in a plastic container and then there's my shampoo and my conditioner mm-hmm. and my contact lens solution. Like mm-hmm. there are things that we buy that are always going to come in plastic as far as I can tell, yeah. like contact solution being one of them. Oh, wait, my contacts are plastic. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just like, oh my God. Yeah. I know. I know. It's insane. And, uh, but there hasn't been that many solutions because I don't think that they're, that, that the consumers have been demanding them, you know? No. And so I hope we're going to see mm-hmm. a change because we're going to talk about stuff today mm-hmm. that I feel very strongly did not exist two years ago. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So the, it's the, the tide is turning. We just need to all adopt it because we didn't. We didn't know. We didn't know. No. Like if, if we if we if we understood the recycling process more, I mean, things would have changed quite a a long time ago. Oh, for sure. And I I read a lot of these environmental think pieces because you know that's like what I'm into, mm-hmm. and there are some scientists who will tell you, like, listen, climate change is really terrifying. But what's even worse is the plastic pollution. Mm-hmm. So that gives you an idea of how bad this is because we're seeing wildfires and hurricanes and flooding and God knows what else. It's not even – we're not even done with 2020 yeah. yet. We still have a, a whole quarter to go. <laughs> so yeah, we do. You're you right. See, you see that and you're like, wait, you're saying that the plastic pollution is worse than this? So <laughs> You're totally right. I feel like only in this past year have I really woken up and I've been – like actively trying to replace a lot of my plastics or avoid things or just, or try to find the solution, which of course there's so much plastic that it is so much work. And we did a lot of work for everyone by doing some research and kind of giving you all not only some, a bunch of staggering facts and figures, but also some really good, some really good solutions. (laughs) So like the, the first thing that we really do get into for this episode is reducing single use plastic. So one of the highest trending areas in conscious consumerism is the reduction of single use plastics that are everywhere from plastic grocery bags to plastic wrapped everything to go containers, straws, water bottles, you know, single use plastic Packaging for everyday products accounted for 54 of the world's plastic waste in 2015. Our addiction to plastic-powered convenience is harming our bodies and our planet. 
We all know that plastic is terrible for the environment from producing the goods to waste and litter and then the toxicity that's involved in this plastic. 14 billion, 14 mm-hmm. billion pounds of our trash is dumped into the ocean each year. And it is breaking down into teeny tiny little pieces of Ugh. plastic that is now showing back up in our food and water supply. And it has toxic effects on everyone. So we're basically eating and drinking plastic. 90% of the water we drink and 33% of the fish we eat contains microplastics. And it's leading to serious health problems. We're harming our animals and sea creatures. Plastic has been found in 100 percent of marine turtles 59 percent of whales 36 percent of seals and 40 percent of seabird species examined and we're polluting the oceans by 2050 scientists predict that the ocean will contain more plastic by weight than fish oh this is i know this is horribly disgusting. disgusting do you want to hear two more really gross things yes oh my god let's let's hear it the average person the average american actually eats a full credit card size serving of plastic per year. Uh, Not all at once, although, you know, hey, go Mm -hmm. for it if that's your jam. Mm -hmm. Two, studies and lots of studies have found plastic in human poop. We're all pooping out plastic every day. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's disgusting okay and so disgusting this is gonna be an ongoing series for us we were like oh this will be one episode this will be two Mm -hmm. but i feel like we're really gonna try to Mm -hmm. bring you the trends and categories here because this is really important and i would say that in terms of consumer trends plastic is the biggest trend like it's coming. Mm-hmm. It's picking up momentum. If you have a hot idea mm-hmm. for a non-plastic invention, now's your time. You know, if you yeah. want to start a exactly. zero waste yep. business, you should do it right now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I've learned so much about these businesses, like all, like the footprint, carbon footprint, like what, like just doing that research. And I mean, it is so amazing and so involved, but mm-hmm. you're right. And all these companies are basic, have basically come out in the past like three years, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. jumping right into some of the replacements to these plastics, beeswax wrap. Uh, I actually recently got some of this wrap. It's a good alternative to one of the mm-hmm. biggest plastic cul- culprits in your home. I hate saran wrap. I'm terrible at it. Really? So I want it to, let's cancel saran wrap. I think you, you could be buying the generic version of saran wrap because that stuff doesn't work. I mean, you know, I yeah. am. I mean, I haven't bought saran yeah. wrap in like 10 years, but I'm a, I'm like buying it at the Dollar Tree. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that, and that, that crap doesn't work. But when you get a saran wrap that works, oh, Amanda, <laughs> No, oh, Kim, you're not glory. supposed to be talking people into I'm, it. Don't I, I, I'm just I'm I'm just I'm telling her where I'm at. Like I grew up in a house with yeah. saran wrap and ziploc bags and everything was sanitary and wrapped up and you th- like we didn't realize the damage we were doing, you know? The yeah, beeswax wrap is, you know, I mean obviously you can get, you know, glass containers and things like that, but this is, you know, this is for wrapping your cheese or placing over food or dishes in, in your refrigerator or wrapping up your sandwiches or wrapping up bread loaves and things like that. It's not an exact replacement for saran wrap, but it works really well. I think it works pretty great. You know, I feel like my mother would complain. Once you get used to it. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta get used to it a little bit. It's called Bees Wrap. 
And it's made with certified organic cotton that's coated with sustainably sourced beeswax, organic jojoba oil, and tree resin. The result? An easy, reusable, all-natural way to store food. It's washable, reusable, and fully biodegradable. It's made in Vermont by a certified B Corp. And one of the, kind of the coolest things is that when you're trying to kind of sh- close it over things, is you use the warmth of your hand to wrap the mm-hmm. bread or fruit, um, and it will kind of like melt and then hold its shape when it cools to create a seal. Magical. Ma- it's yeah. magical and it's all natural and the, you know it's, the company is really cool and i actually got mine i know this is not the best thing but i got mine on amazon um and i got a big <laughs> i know i got a big sheet of it and i kind of kind of i cut it up and i've been using it just i'm trying to use it for as much as i possibly can and try to replace mm-hmm. my my saran wrap addiction <laughs> <laughs> stasher is another replacement for those ziploc bags i must have literally gone through thousands of these things in my life and Stasher is a really great concept that solves this super ugly problem with an assortment of reusable silicone bags. I actually mm-hmm. have bought them as presents for people and they like them so much. They buy them as presents for other people. I know it's a strange thing to buy as a present, but once you get it, you're just like, why have I not been using this? No way. I would be so stoked to get totally. those and they last forever. They're actually designed to last for decades. If you take care of them right, and you know, like they can get kind of stained. You know how silicone can get stained if you put like tomato sauce or like mm-hmm. like a turmeric mm-hmm. curry or something. But according to the website, you could just like literally place it in the sun and it'll bleach out the stains. No way. Yeah, isn't that interesting? I did a, a, a pretty extensive just read of the website, and there's definitely some other brands in the market that are doing a similar thing but i think that stasher just has really good values and i really like i like i like the person that um that that founded it so i definitely support stasher all the way and then plastic bottles this is another another big culprit actually probably one of the Mm -hmm. biggest culprits so a report by the guardian found that one million plastic bottles are bought around the world every single minute Additionally, less than half of those bottles purchased, this was from 2016, were actually recycled. And just 7 to 9% of those recycled, of the 50% recycled, are, are actually recycled, are actually like gone through the process of being recycled. So the rest just end up in landfills or in the ocean. So, you know, investing in a re- reusable water bottle is an easy way to really make an impact Uh, For some numbers, just to kind of wrap your head around, Americans purchase about 50 billion plastic water bottles per year, which is an average of about 13 water bottles um, a month for everyone in the United States. So if you just use a reusable bottle, you could save an average of 156 plastic bottles annually going to a landfill or to the ocean. You know what? I wanted to say uh, something I noticed around the time things started getting real crazy with quarantine is that every time I would go to like the grocery store or Target or Costco, mm-hmm. people would just be loading up their carts with those, those like multi-packs of bottled water, you know, and plastic cups and plates and stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. still confused by it, but I just sent you this photo. I 
know. I was like, I, well, I, I saw that you sent me a photo and I was like, oh my God, did, did she lose me? And I was like, oh my God, am I just talking to the thin yeah. air and she can't hear what I'm saying? I had to send you this photo because I want to, I don't, okay. Oh, There's a whole psychology here that makes people say, hey, listen, it's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. We're going to stay at home for a while. We better stock up on bottled water. Yeah. I don't get it at all, but I've my whole family has been laughing for months oh about God. this photo of OJ Simpson. Is that who that is? Outside of Costco. Yeah. Oh my God. It must be so weird to be famous, right? Because oh. you go to Costco to buy 9,000 rolls of toilet paper and bottled water. Oh my God. And people take a photo of you and it goes all over the internet. And we send each other this photo of OJ Simpson with his <laughs> bottled water and toilet paper periodically. Oh. But God. Guys, stop buying bottled water. It. it doesn't even taste good. I mean, of course. It's so stupid. I, I, when I was reading out these numbers, of course, I immediately was like, God, and I just read out uh, an because uh, uh, there's so many statistics. I just read out a statistic that like, you know, what is it like 90% of our water has plastic in it. So, of course, you're filling up. <laughs> You're a plastic bottle. A plastic bottle with plastic with more water. water. But you know, I mean, I, th- I guess there's going to be um, some, some some sort of filtrations that we'd have to invest in. But um, guys, you know how you're supposed to talk to your family about politics and get them yeah. to make the right choice and stop being racist and whatever. I don't know if that's going to work, but. I really think you need yeah. to pull them aside and tell them to stop buying bottled water. Like this is no fucking yeah. joke. Yeah, stop buying bottled water. O- OJ, I mean, if you're I- listening, you gotta stop buying bottled water, okay? We I think we I think we need to make one of those PSA Instagram things that talks about this this quote that only nine percent of the bottles that you actually recycle Ugh. are actually recycled. Because that is like such a staggering disgusting sad yeah, number that i think you're right that, that i will be sure to post this people don't know we've been sold on this idea that we put all our recycling out mm-hmm. we're doing the right thing we're good citizens yeah. it's like wearing a seatbelt or you know stopping at crosswalks mm-hmm. yeah we assume that everything's yeah. okay and i look through our recycling every week now and i like freak out you know because like we we go through a lot of conditioner mm-hmm. in this house you know oh, gosh. yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know you're gonna get. I know you're gonna get into like, like the bar conditioner soap. Mm-hmm. But I, I that worries me because <laughs> conditioner is so important to girls. It is. It is. Um, yeah, we'll definitely we'll get into it. But it's it is it's concerning to me. You know, I was thinking last week. I'm sorry, I'm like bogarting this conversation. We're gonna go back to it, but just no. That's oh, what? That's fine. Remember when we were kids and like all the condiments came in glass? So like. Getting ketchup out of a bottle, yes. it was like the hardest part of your day. It really was. <laughs> right? And so they had a whole marketing campaign of good things come to those that wait. Right. And now it all comes in squeezy bottles. Like It's like we got lazy, right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, oh, all the mayonnaise comes in a, in a plastic bottle now. Mm-hmm. And so does mustard. And like the only condiments that still come in glass bottles are like the Asian condiments. Yeah. Think about it. Well, sriracha comes in plastic, but like a lot of the other Asian sauces and condiments still come in glass. And I'm like, it's just because we're so 
lazy. We can't even mm-hmm. do that weird thing where you hammer on the, the 57 or whatever right. and it makes it come out. And and half the bottle comes out. Or <laughs> I was always like, you know what you need to do is you just stick a butter knife up there and just yeah. slowly swab some out. <laughs> that worked. <laughs> anyway, it's like we went mm-hmm. this direction where everything moved into plastic. Like yeah, I think it was everything. cheaper. It was cheaper to sh- it was cheaper to ship. Mm-hmm. It was cheaper to make. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, mm-hmm. less damages, one hundred percent. And now we have to dig ourselves back out of that. Like even if we get yeah. to the point where we were in the eighties with glass versus plastic, it would be a huge leap forward. It would be great. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that or there has that or there has to be another solution to plastic recycling. Like it, it's got to work one way or the other we either reduce the plastic or we we figure out a way to to try to 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 use it once again we're going to share this article from npr but basically plastic is made of oil and so as soon as we start talking about the oil industry you know things are about to get really shitty and evil and the plastic industry was like aka the oil industry was like you know it's like kind of bad for our business if people recycle because we need to keep selling this oil and to do that, we need to make new plastic. And so as it stands right now, it's infinitely cheaper to make brand new plastic than to recycle plastic. But it's also because the industry has sort of stifled any innovation in recycling plastic because it's in their best interest to make new plastic. Like how fucked up is that? Doesn't that make you angry? Disgusting. Disgusting. It's just like not shocking and just so heartbreaking. It's just one heartbreak after another. It is. It is. I I was devastated after I read that article. Mm-hmm. I was just like, everything I know is a lie. Everything we know is a lie. So this is yeah. this is our, our wake-up call. Yeah. This is like our most political episode yet, guys. It is. I know. I, I, I hope you're learning a lot, though. <laughs> well, jumping back, back to the plastic bottles, you know, we did the staggering fact that you could save 156 plastic bottles annually. Obviously, if you compound that by the, the amount of people in, you know, in the world using, re- you know, reusable bottles that definitely adds up. So reusable water bottles have been trending since the 90s. I remember all like the cool sporty kids in high school, including myself, when I played volleyball, mm-hmm. uh, we lugged around those Nalgene bottles. And then in the early aughts, there was this overall trend towards consuming more water, plus the advent of athleisure. So that analogy, I know this, it's just, what a time. Yeah, it's like <laughs> how it moves. So then, the, the, actually, the the, the Nalgene pivoted from just being like kind of for jocks and outdoorsy types mm-hmm. to actually being for fashion kids as well, as they used it as an accessory. So Nalgene kind of blew up in the aughts, and um, they even rolled out different lines of colorful variations. They've done various collaborations. They still do collaborations. People still use them. But then the growing social acceptance that plastic bottles are harmful to the environment led to an even greater demand for reusable bottles. And then the advent of the insulated metal bottle. Yeah. People kind of started moving away from that evil plastic analogy, which I think is probably pretty safe still to drink out of um, and and reuse and still very good for sporty things because it's plastic. You know, people started making that upgrade though to the higher performance products um, that had the insulation. And there's quite a few brands now, Clean Canteen, Swell, Corksicle, and then the most trendy of them all, Amanda, Hydroflask. So Hydroflask is 
-hmm. It's really the Mm. choice of the Gen Z and millennial crowd. I mean, this is like the be or be seen, you know, like accessory. So that crowd, they really take plastic bottles and their impact on the environment seriously. I feel like they have more access or have just learned more from uh, maybe their peers about plastic bottles, you know, quicker than we have. And it's become their accessory du jour, you know, the visco girl, that's like part of the look. And then you see it shellacked with stickers as well. So it's kind of like it's, it's kind of like the skateboard of of, of our time. As environmentalism normalized, toting around these conspicuously, sustainably conscious products actually motivated customers. Um, So now it's like really trendy to show that you understand the impact of plastic bottles on the environment, but you also splurged on the best in class product. And the reason the Hydro Flask is so amazing is because it actually is a really good product and it has this temp shield technology. Try to say that five times fast. I'm not signing up for that. Yeah. Thank you. No. So what they say is our unique double wall vacuum insulation protects temperatures for hours. So cold drinks stay cold, icy cold, and hot uh, drinks stay piping hot so you can stay refreshed for any adventure. And now there's this trend in mega size bottles, in particular Hydro Flask 64 ounce water bottle, which became an unlikely status symbol after Jonah Hill was reportedly snapped carrying one. Shockingly, Jonah Hill is apparently an influencer. (laughs) (laughs) What also is kind of interesting is that Evian has kind of started to approach the issue with plastic bottles. Well, they should. I know. I mean, it's actually sort of surprising. They started the whole thing, you know? Oh, yeah. This is their fault. This is their fault. And they are actually taking steps to not only be transparent about the recycling litter issue, plastic issue, but they're developing quite a few programs to address this, including some different circular business models. And in 2018, Evian even partnered with Renaissance man Virgil Abloh, the artistic director of Louis Vuitton menswear and the CEO of Off-White. As Evian's creative advisor of sustainable innovation design. Um, meanwhile, I also found out wow. that Virgil went to the UW Madison at the t- same time that I was there. I had no idea. Wow. My mind is totally blown. I'm like, we could have been in the same room together. Um, anyway, so this unique partnership between Evian and Virgil Abloh brings together two icons with the shared purpose of advancing creative design and innovation and sustainability for a new generation and beyond through an array of products created to expand ways to hydrate while also offering new sustainable choices. So they have, you know, they've made different um, glass bottles as well as limited edition shoulder bags and bottle and box sets and things like that. And then in February, they announced an Activate uh, Movement competition. And this is a project that encourages young designers to enter their sustainability-focused design and innovation projects for a 50,000 euro grant available to the winners. And it's like an open call for initiatives that create more sustainable future under the umbrellas of either waste reduction, energy reduction, and recycling upselling. And 2020's winner is, you'll actually kind of think this might be interesting, Amanda, is um, Danielle Elsner, who's creating a program aimed at teaching designers across the fashion industry about zero waste design, as well as working with tech companies and factories to develop and execute more sustainable options and processes. And she plans to partner with software companies and factories to start building out high-tech zero-waste manufacturing facilities that small independent designers can use. So, I mean, it, it took it from like literally 
a plastic bottle down to a whole movement in the fashion industry, which is very interesting. So Evian is putting a massive focus. You go to their website and they talk about all these sustainability projects that they're doing. So at least, you know, they're, <laughs> they're making an effort, you know, unlike beverage companies that are just packaging and just pushing their, um, their plastic bottles. Beyond plastic bottles, straws have been in the news a lot lately with tons of states banning them. You know, we have a ban here in LA. Do you have bans out there? No, definitely not. In fact, really, fortunately, a lot of like more environmentally mindful like restaurants and cafes and whatnot aren't using them, but like you could still Uh go get one probably at McDonald's. So I don't have a lot of contact with them, but I do see Mm -hmm. them. Like if we go to Wawa or something and I get an iced coffee, like they'll have them there. Uh We also still, and this is something that I had like completely forgotten about the existence of stores here still give out plastic bags. That is so isn't that crazy? Yeah. I have like forgotten about plastic bags. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll jump into a little bit of plastic bags in a little bit, but yeah, plastic bags are just, I don't know what's worse, straws, plastic bags, or plastic bottles. I can't believe you guys are still giving those out. I mean, I see all of them. It's so gross. I see them all everywhere, all over the street, all the time. Like, yeah, the street. Yeah, litter. yeah. the litter Disgusting. is really, really bad here. And you can't tell me it's not connected oh. to these things still being allowed. No. No, it's, it's, and and a lot of people talk about like the weight of things. Like for example, straws, one of the reasons why straws and plastic bags end up in the ocean is because they're so lightweight that they can be transported through the wind and they just like end up totally, totally. So Americans use 1.6 straws per person per day, enough straws to wrap around the earth 2.5 times. Every day, Americans use 1.6 straws a person. Like, like these things are literally single use, just a convenience, like a, just like a, such a non-necessity. So there are some non-recyclable options that retailers and restaurants and things are using that are like bamboo and agave, as opposed to like the paper ones that kind of start disintegrating as you use them you know and you just so you know plastic plastic straws are not recyclable Mm-mm. they don't decompose they don't recycle and they you know they blow around and they just lead to long-term pollution so you know in la we ban them so people so all these like restaurants and bars are using these different options like the paper ones which i just hate oh but- they are the worst <laughs> if you're like a sipper which i am oh and it's a chewer yeah yeah, the paper straws are a nightmare because it takes me an hour to drink an iced coffee, you know? Yeah. So 30 minutes into it, I've got this weird soggy vessel I'm trying to drink through. So yeah. got to bring your own straw. And in LA, you're, you're on the move all the time. So it's not like you're, you have an open cup, you know? So you got to <laughs> have imagine? something kind of closing it off. <laughs> Just splashing <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> so Starbucks added this straw-free lid that actually uses more plastic. Uh, I know! It is recyclable, but seeing that only 9% of plastic recycled actually gets recycled, it's just, you know, it's... <laughs> 
it's just not it's not it's not it's not fixing anything you know like can we get a compostable lid i don't know something ultimately a reusable container is the optimum and you can buy reusable containers and reusable straws from like starbucks and places but because of safety precautions at many places like they're just not even allowing that i think that that might i don't know if it's changed I mean, I don't really go to places, so. Well, I mean, here, obviously, we live in, like, the 90s here or something. <laughs> but a lot of places are not, well, they stopped because of the pandemic, allowing you mm-hmm. to bring your refillable cup. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, the same thing, like, you could bring your own shopping bags. You can't right now. And so I think about all the plastic we're consuming right now, and it makes me lose my mind. Yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, and, and everyone's just using it. It's because of, of, of health and safety reasons. So, it's- so drink your coffee at home. Yeah. We have an episode about it. <laughs> Get shot. It's like it, it definitely is a Get great, yeah. great sustainable option. Um, so if you do need a straw, um, there's actually a really great straw called Final Straw. And it is a great option for if you're on the go. It fully collapses and it can be a- attached to your keychain. And it also comes with a little pipe cleaner. So it's like a little um, all-in-one, easily portable solution. And I think that bring your mm-hmm. own straw situation will just kind of grow in popularity. Give it as a gift. You know, like give these things as a gift for Christmas. Give people, particularly the mm-hmm. older generation, mm-hmm. start giving them these things. Because uh, first of all, they they probably don't really know that what what's a good option. Because if they the more they use something that's a bad solution the the more they're going to be resistant i mean the same thing goes for i guess any any generation but i love to give these kinds of things so give a final straw give like a stasher um and i can't help but plug something that i've developed at graph lance in this next one and we did talk a little bit about plastic bags but do you know that a an on average a plastic market bag is used for 12 minutes oh and it takes 1000 years to decompose 12 minutes. I hate it. So reusable bags are so important. You know, Baku makes them. A lot of companies make these these ones, but I developed one that's kind of like one of those like French market totes. It's called um, the Ami market tote. It's made out of of 100% cotton and it has its own little pouch attached that turns into a pocket when it's in use. So she's biodegradable, she's washable, and she supports a really great LA brand for $19. So you can get it at Graflands. That it's it's one of my little pet projects, so um, mm-hmm. more of those to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the last thing I'm just going to talk just kind of briefly on is refill shops. Mm-hmm. There has been a trend growing over the past few years. You know, it is hard for them to really exist in 2020 because they are like in – you have to go to these places. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they support a low-waste lifestyle for home hygiene all those things and the idea is that you can purchase a refillable glass bottle or something or bring your own bottle and you fill those bottles at the store also considered to be refill stations and there usually is one local like people are popping them up all over the place and i personally work have worked with one in ventura california here called the refill shop and you can actually buy it online and they have a great product line. You can literally customize your own scent. It's all natural, really fantastic. And you can, um, they have a refill program, like a zero waste refill program, like subscription service that allows you to return and refill the pouch 
that that they're sending it back and forth in as kind of an option to keep that refill program going. Yeah, well, that's a great segue into what I'm going to talk about, which is personal care items. <gasps> mm. So I'm going to start this and say, like, a friend of mine has been really trying to go hard on like Tinder and Bumble during uh-huh. <laughs> during quarantine, and that's a whole thing. But she was saying how so many people on these dating apps like to call themselves low maintenance. Really? And I'm going to I'm going to tell you that all of us, no matter how low maintenance you think you might be, are a lot more high maintenance than we used to be. So, wait, is this guys or girls are saying that they're low maintenance? Guys. Guys. Guys are saying that like like I'm a low ma- like I'm I'm easy to take care of or something. Yeah, I think it sounds like garbage, right? It sounds like toxic masculinity somehow. What is that? quite put my finger on it, but I know I don't like it. Like, I feel like that's, uh, that guy's going to be like, it took you 45 minutes to get ready. Wait, <laughs> are, we, are, they, wait are they looking for someone that's low maintenance or are they saying that they're low maintenance? Like they're a low maintenance animal. They're saying I'm low maintenance. I'm looking for someone else who's low maintenance. And you're like, uh, this sounds depressing. You know what? I want yeah. you to do some maintenance. Okay. Right. You're, you're, you're going to show up with like unshaven and... <laughs> Like, what do you want? Just like filthy. <laughs> <laughs> Your clothes are going to have all these stains on it and they're going to be like sweatpants that are all stretched yeah. out and pilly. Yeah. What no, does thank low you. maintenance mean to you? <laughs> yeah, I exactly. I think that we all have our personal definition there, but I'm going to tell you that Americans are super high mm-hmm. maintenance even when they say uh-huh. they're not. So the global personal care industry is $500 billion per year. Mm -hmm. And it relies super heavily on plastic. In the not-so-distant past, and I'm talking like as recently as like the 70s, the personal care industry didn't rely on plastic. In fact, almost nothing came in plastic. So soaps came in a bar form. We didn't have shower gel. Mm -hmm. I think of shower gel as like a 90s thing. Uh, perfumes, which were like a symbol of luxury, they came in glass containers. There were certainly no like plastic body sprays from Victoria's Secret. Uh, We've all, we've all smelled them. Hair care products were actually either like powders or pomades and they came in tins or jars or like hairspray came in a metal bottle. Like I can picture the aquanet of my childhood. Yeah. Uh, This whole like idea of like pumping hairsprays and hair products in plastic bottles really didn't come until like the mid to late 80s. Before that, we also had mousse that came in a metal bottle, but gel came in a plastic tube. And so much like we saw ketchup go from glass to plastic, so did all of our personal care products. But before that, personal care wasn't the enormous industry that it is today. And we have World War I to thank for that. After the war, the U.S. became the biggest producer and consumer of beauty and grooming products in the whole world. You know why? Because we're all really high maintenance. <laughs> so during the war, the military had imposed strict hygiene codes mm. as a way to prevent disease from spreading amongst the troops because apparently these guys were disgusting. So they had to teach them to wash themselves, wow. shave, brush their teeth, those kinds of things. And so when they came back from the war, that was ingrained in them. So this is like, this was literally a hundred years ago, right? Yeah, I guess so. So I guess people were really gross back then. 
Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm kind of imagining, right. It would have been like 2017, right? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. In the 20s. So now about a hundred years ago, Lever, which later became the personal care mega corporation Unilever, which you've definitely seen on packaging, mm-hmm. they ran the first series of ads suggesting that body odor could hurt one's chances both socially and professionally. So deodorant became a necessity. So once again, before that, people did not wear deodorant. <laughs> Something to think about. Oh, man. Smells. I know it was a different. It was a super <laughs> different time to be alive. I can tell yeah. you that. So, yeah. at the same time, we're also looking at the rise of Hollywood. So this gave American women that desire to buy makeup and skin cream so they could get that movie star look. These were things that we weren't buying either. You know, during mm-hmm. World War II, the U.S. government went as far as declaring lipstick a wartime necessity because they said it was a critical component of cultural life and it was very morale building. Hmm. So the personal care industry just grew and grew and grew. So for example, in 1919, it was a $60 million industry in the United States. By 1938, it was 400 million. By the 70s, Hmm. it was in the billions and now it's 500 billion. In fact, personal care is one of the biggest industries in our country, and it is equivalent to the pet care industry, sports, which, I mean, sports, I don't know a lot about sports, but I know they generate a lot of revenue. And this one was interesting to me, the Mm -hmm. personal loan industry. Interesting. I also think it's kind of funny that our our own personal grooming rivals pets. Like we're spending the same amount of money on pets as we are on ourselves. <laughs> thank God. Thank God. Yeah. At least I know there's some fairness in the world. Mm-hmm. A lot of this stuff used to come in glass or metal vessels. But in the middle of the century, plastics began their boom. And this was really driven by World War II. They, I mean, scientists were just working constantly to find other like more synthetic options to replace materials that we were sort of blazing through during the war. So like that's when polyester and nylon were initially developed because there wasn't enough cotton and silk to make parachutes and other equipment. And plastics began in the same way. So personal care brands jumped on this plastic bandwagon because plastic could be molded into any shape It was super cheap. And as Kim pointed out earlier, it was so much lighter to ship. So they saved so much money by shifting to plastic. Mm -hmm. The amount of plastic packaging on U.S. products has increased by over 120 times since 1960. And as we mentioned, very little of that is being recycled. This uh, sort of increase in plastic use really aligns with the growth of the personal care industry. Globally, the packaging industry for beauty and personal care products, which once again is primarily plastic, makes up nearly $25 billion in sales each year. So tons and tons of plastic packaging is being made and trashed. And I would challenge you you to go into your bathroom, like open the medicine cabinet Mm -hmm. or whatever other bins you're organizing all of your care products in. And like almost everything is going to be plastic in one way or another. It's once you start looking, oh, yeah. you can't stop seeing yeah. it. So it gets challenging, right? Because I know you say you're low maintenance, but the truth is we're not. What are you as a conscious consumer supposed to do? And 
what are these conscious brands supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Well, one approach is to reformulate the product. And the area where this has been the most successful is shampoo and conditioner because they are primarily water. So they need to be in a bottle, right? Like you can't you can't put them in a can. <laughs> be weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't put them in a plastic bag even. Yeah, it would be strange. Yeah. So Lush actually really led the way here. I, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm not a huge fan of Lush, but I do like their shampoo mm-hmm. bars. So I think everything's yeah. just a little too perfumey for me. And I'm pretty convinced the bath bombs are bad for your vagina. Yeah, I, yeah that definitely. It's super toxic vagina bombs. Definitely super toxic mm-hmm. vagina bombs. So, <laughs> but Lush did, Lush did say, hey, like, let's take the water out of the shampoo mm-hmm. and turn it into a bar. And no packaging is required now. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, as a person who's been gradually trying to adopt a less wasteful lifestyle, shifting to shampoo and conditioner bars is like one of the easiest things to start with. Have you used both shampoo and conditioner? Yes, I have. I have. And I cannot wait to hear more. So one thing, I mean, for everything we've talked about from like the bees, the bees wax mm-hmm. wraps to everything mm-hmm. I'm about to talk about. There's there's the learning curve, right? Like you have to rethink yeah. how you do things. So mm-hmm. Lush has a wide variety of shampoo and conditioner bars, and I have to say they're pretty great. If you're going to make this shift and you want to try out Lush, I would recommend you to actually talk to a person who works there so they can help you make the best choice because they have a wide variety and they're for different kinds of hair textures and needs. They cost about $12 a piece and they will last for months if you care for them, meaning like keep them in a soap dish. Mm-hmm. Don't let them sit in puddles of water. I mean, you know, that's like really bad for soap. Don't let them roll around at the bottom of the shower while you're washing. And my experience with them has been pretty good. But the first time I used one, I was actually at the mall with a friend who doesn't think that bath bombs cause vagina problems. And Mm -hmm. so we went into Lush and I started looking at the shampoo bars and a really long conversation with a woman who taught me how to use it and how to hair for it and rinse it out. Wait, can I interrupt one second and just let everyone know that Amanda has really long, thick hair. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Like, like, like she has like higher maintenance hair that's really beautiful. So if she's saying that this is a good product, I, I definitely would listen to her. Yeah. Yeah. And so they... Sorry, go on. So also, uh, before we continue, please do not wash your hair with a bar of regular soap. That's really, really bad. I'm assuming all our listeners already know that, but I'm just saying it. So these are yeah. especially formulated and some of them get sudsy and some of them don't. Kind of the less sudsy they get, the better actually. Lush has one that's like really nice and oily, which is what I need as a person with really long hair. There are other brands doing this now though. Like... As Kim was saying earlier, like this whole idea of conscious consumerism is picking up steam and only a complete idiot wouldn't be starting a product line, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So there are so many brands doing these shampoo and conditioner bars that you can find them at Target. Like Target has multiple kinds right now. There's some other brands though that I like. So one is called the Earthling Company and they specialize in shampoo and conditioner bars. Like that's primarily what they do. And they also offer a dry shampoo in a glass jar, which is great. Cool. Shea Moisture is a brand that you can find at Target and most drugstores. They make a really great shampoo bar that is good if you have very thick or textured hair because 
I'm going to be honest. Using a shampoo bar can be really intimidating when you have thick or curly hair. Yeah. This one's really moisturizing. It doesn't make your hair all tangly and gross. It rinses out really cleanly. I want to say it's around $10. Like it's also very reasonable. There's another brand that I actually really love that does a variety of uh, no plastic products. They're called Meow Meow Tweet. Mm-hmm. They make some really good shampoo and conditioner bars. And Dustin loves their deodorant. which also comes in like, I don't know, like four or five fragrances. And it comes in a cardboard tube, which is not something you see a lot yet for deodorant. And he hasn't had any functionality problems with it. Uh, You can order from them online, but I've also seen them in good boutiques like Omae Zaka, Mm. and they carry the full line. So if you live in Philly, check it out. I think you might be able to order online too. There's a brand called By Humankind, and they actually offer a Mm -hmm. shower kit that could be a good gateway into this less wasteful lifestyle. It includes a shampoo bar, conditioner bar, and a body bar. They also sell refillable deodorant and hand sanitizer. So you like get the container, but then you could buy the refills from them. They do something that I also think is a really smart idea because once again, when you start to look at everything you own, you start to see that there's plastic everywhere. And they offer cotton swabs in cardboard containers because yeah, Q-tip uh-huh. containers always include plastic. Think about it. So there's mm-hmm. another like easy way to cut back on your consumption. I mean, you just start seeing it everywhere when you pay attention. I mean, so by humankind, it, um, I highly recommend going to the website because it's really, really beautiful. And their product is mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, and their business model is really spot on. And a lot of these companies are doing this thing where it's basically, yeah, okay, you, you buy the container and like you can buy their deodorant and they offer it in like four different colors, including like this really awesome neon. And then you, you put it either on a subscription or you can just kind of refill it when you mm-hmm. want. So it's got a really great scalable model, but also just like really, really nice, nice product too. Yeah. I have a yeah. whole cart full of stuff from Buy Humankind. <laughs> that, that's just waiting. You could get mm-hmm. almost everything you need there. Mm-hmm. And it's all really thoughtful. And like, I will say- and this is changing, but there was a time in the not so distant past when we talked about zero waste products, the aesthetic was terrible, you know, like bad yeah. papyrus fonts and weird hippie stuff. Oh, so crunchy. So crunchy. So like there is a reason. <laughs> There's a reason why people. Yeah. Now people are marrying like really beautiful design mm-hmm. and aesthetic mm-hmm with zero waste. And so you can get fragrances that you like, you know, it's not going to be all patchouli Mm -hmm. or like, I don't, amber or something. And, you know, you can Mm -hmm. have things that if you're really into like the aesthetic of your shelfie, you can have all of this looking really beautiful. You're totally right. I mean, that really does come with the grooming routine is your shelfie. It is. It is. It makes you feel good. I get it. So that Mm -hmm. brings me next to dental care because Go look at your medicine cabinet. It's a plastic nightmare when it comes to your teeth. So Bite is a really awesome option. Uh, They sell these Mm -hmm. toothpaste tablets that come in a glass jar. Okay, that's great. You could also reuse this glass jar. It seems a little weird at first, but basically you bite down on the tablet and then you brush with a wet toothbrush and it kind of all foams up and cleans your mouth. Mm -hmm. They also have mouthwash tablets that work pretty similarly. They have a refillable glass dental floss dispenser and they have bamboo toothbrushes because everything that touches your mouth is plastic. Yeah. 
I mean, and this one is like super, super trendy with the Gen Z crowd. So they, mm-hmm. I mean, they've really kind of like targeted it onto the younger customer and they're just crushing it. Another one is public goods. That's public goods sells everything, yes. right? But they also yes. offer refillable dental floss, bamboo toothbrushes, bar shampoos, various refillable items. Uh, they have groceries and stuff too. Mm-hmm. It's a good site for cutting back on your plastic consumption. I swear to God, I literally looked at my like uh, Instagram and got retargeted from them and they retargeted me catnip. They literally have everything. <laughs> they really, they really do. Yeah. One of the drawbacks to kind of this like minimizing your waste shopping is like, you don't want to buy stuff from 37 different places. It can get complicated. So there's a place called Package Free Shop that kind of sells a lot of these things. They have tons of personal care products. They really vet the wastefulness of it, and they, they curate it really well. I mean, they even have toothpaste that comes in metal tubes. Wow. Which I remember when I was a kid, mm-hmm. toothpaste coming in a metal tube. Like AIM? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. totally. And you have, to, you have to, like, crimp it up. Yeah, definitely. You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> so that brings me to... Another personal care product that, or personal care issue, I should say, Mm -hmm. that is specifically for the ladies, and that is dealing with our period. Because we are sending so much trash out into the world with this. Like, it's pretty staggering. In 2018 alone, people in the U.S. bought 5.8 billion tampons and over the course of a lifetime, one woman will use somewhere between five and 15,000 pads and tampons, the vast majority of which will end up in landfills as plastic waste. Because you know what? Yeah. We're not recycling that stuff no. as we should not, right? No, gross. <laughs> so <laughs> let's, let's break down our options here, right? Tampons, they come wrapped in plastic. They might even have plastic applicators. In fact, it's really hard to find a tampon without a plastic applicator at most stores these days. Like the cardboard applicators have gone away. And then the strings are actually a synthetic fabric blend, meaning they are also plastic. And some tampons also include a thin layer of plastic in the absorbent part. Wow. Well, you don't want that in your vagina anyway. That's gross. No. Pads... They incorporate even more plastic from the leak-proof base to the synthetic fabrics that soak up fluid. And then there's the packaging as well. So, well, both of these options suck, right? So what can you do here? I tried to break this down because I feel like everybody's got a certain level of squeamishness about what they will or will not do when it comes to their period. So let's start with basics. You could use a tampon without an applicator. Now, I know that this is not for everyone, but I promise you, you'll get used to it Mm -hmm. instantly. I've had a lot of coworkers over the years who come to me at work, ask me for a tampon. I pull out an OB and they are like mortified and ask me if I have something else. So disappointed. So disappointed. Uh But they are so much better than an applicator Mm -hmm. tampon. For one, they tend to be more absorbent and expand in a different way. Well, they were made by women for women. They were made so by like, women, it, yeah. It, it, it just, they, they, they're just a slightly better product. Like, I don't know why this is, but the tampons that come in applicators get longer as they absorb liquid, yeah. whereas the, the tampons that come without applicators get wider, so they prevent yeah. leaks, right? Yeah. 
also, it's just like one less thing to deal with in terms of trash. You can more discreetly store them in your pocket. And mm-hmm. they are slightly better for outdoorsy things because you're not carrying around a bunch of weird applicators and shit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. To take up less space in general. Yeah, in general. It's just – and they're – I'm sorry. They're just way more discreet. So OB is like the – is like the OG version of this, mm-hmm. but there are better organic non-toxic versions out there like NatraCare. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah, even seventh generation has gotten in this. I hesitate to call out seventh generation because they're owned by Clorox, but they do seem to be yeah. mostly on the up and up. So maybe tampons are not your thing. And I totally have friends like that. Well, how about some period underwear? Oh, no. This is not for me. Kim and I talked about it. Like I said, we all have our boundaries here, right? Well, Things are sustained are really great options. And basically it's like a pad, but it's also your underwear. And then you can just wash it and start all over again. They're very absorbent. I've heard they're very leak proof. They're very scientific. They don't look gross. They are not like bulky. They're not a diaper. You know, the drawback here is though that you have to wash them easily. So if you don't have a washing machine in your apartment Mm -hmm. or house, this could be kind of awkward, right? Okay. So Lastly, and I'm a new convert to this, how about a menstrual cup? Right. No, I know. I've been hearing so much about these. This is super interesting. So these used to just be, and I'm, I'm sure you agree with me here, mm-hmm. Kim. This was the thing that really crunchy punk chicks embraced, right? Definitely. Right. But this is going Definitely. on full on mainstream as more and more huh. consumers have worried about their plastic use. So Diva mm-hmm. Cup is the original here. I tried it once and it was super uncomfortable and my one friend was like, no, you just have the wrong size or something. But it turns out that it's me. I'm not making this up. It's designed uh-huh. for long vaginas. And so if you don't have a long vagina, it's very How do you know how long your vagina? <laughs> but how do you how, how do you know what size your I vagina is? I have no idea. But if you try it and it's really uncomfortable, I- that's probably why. Mm-hmm. I have recently been using one called Lena. Huh which feels a little bit more comfortable to me. It's not 100% perfect. I have to really fiddle with it at times, but it's been such a great experience for me that it's opening me up to trying new brands in the future. This one's about 30 bucks, but it could last years, you know? So Mm -hmm. like I said, I might try some other brands just to know. It's probably good to have more than one anyway. Tampons are so expensive. Oh my God, I know, I know. So it's like the women tax they talk about. Like this so yeah. stupid expensive. Well, and God forbid you're traveling and you run mm-hmm. out of tampons. You got to get them at the airport oh. or 7-Eleven. You know, so <laughs> this is this is great that way. Mm-hmm. Another brand that I'm curious about trying is called Salt. And that's with two A's. It's a women-owned company and it's a B Corp. So I already like it. Mm-hmm. And they sell menstrual cups in all kinds of cute colors and sizes. So they've gotten a little bit more onto the design end of it, which... I can appreciate they commit 2% of their revenue to donate period care to regions with the most need and they help fund initiatives in menstrual health, education, and sustainability. This spring, they donated menstrual cups to healthcare and hospital workers. So not just doctors and nurses either, janitors, cafeteria workers, orderlies. Yeah. And I thought that was really, really rad. It is. Uh, once again, these are these are a little bit more expensive. They're like thirty to fifty dollars. They last you a long time. But that's what conscious consumers is is about. It's not necessarily the price. It's about mm-hmm. giving to a company that not that supports their community, gives back, and offers a solution. Right, right. And I will mm-hmm. tell you, like 
These are worth the money. Another one, if you are a hot bargain shopper, is a brand called June Mm. Cup. They're currently selling them for $6 during the pandemic as a service to women who might be challenged to go out and buy feminine hygiene products because, you know, Corona. The Uh Target near my house was sold out of tampons seriously for like two months. Wow. Which was what helped, what part of what motivated me into this menstrual cup area for myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to try out one of these June cups because they have really good reviews. And I think they make it accessible to people who might have a lower income, who might not have mm-hmm. $30 to go spend at once. Here's my overall assessment on the menstrual cup. There's a learning curve here, right? But once you get rolling, it's like so much better than tampons. I don't have to think about it for hours and hours and hours. (laughs) On average, you probably will only have to empty it twice a day. It kind of depends where you are and what your comfort level is and the kind of cup Mm -hmm. you're using. I was terrified the first time I had to use it. It was okay. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like this nightmare that I imagined. Now, would I be comfortable doing that in a public bathroom? I don't know. Exactly. But, oh, like on the road? But if you only have to do this every 12 hours, find yourself a really nice Starbucks bathroom, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just think, what better time than quarantine to try something like this that yeah. is a little weird, you know, and different? Yeah. Because yeah. uh, you're not going to be at work in the office bathroom trying to do this. You know, you're not going to worry about it in a meeting because you're like at home in your sweatpants. And Mm -hmm. I, once again, was like kind of skeptical. And now I'm like, oh my God, I'm never going back. So that's interesting. I'm going to have to try this. I I know that you sent me a couple and I have them in my my cart. I, you, I, I am hesitant, but you know, hearing you talk about them. I mean, are you comfortable with applicator list tampons? This is like not much different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, there you go. I use OB. This is not much different than that. You have to read the instructions. You take it out of the box and you're like, how am I going to get this in there? Yeah. But what you do is you fold it a special way and you kind of just like, that was the sound of you shoving it up there. There you go. And then it like pops open and it's like there. Wow. Huh. It's just like a tampon, you know? Right. I mean, I love the idea that it's just like not a bunch of disgusting waste and yeah, and also just supporting the the, the tampon tax. I think it's just – it's Ugh. so phenomenally stupid to Dude, me. Dude, you know? the like, number of times I have been like, oh, shit, it's my lunch break and mm-hmm. I have to run out to Walgreens in like downtown yep. LA and pay like – $14 for a box yes. of OB. Break it. Let's get rid of it. Let's get rid of it. Let's destroy it. It's- and there are other brands out there. I would say there's probably about 10 brands of cups out there. So do some reading. Like I said, different ones are for different shapes and lengths. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, makes sense. It yeah. makes sense. To be honest, I also don't think that, that the underwear is a, a bad idea. You know, especially if you just don't want to use pads and you can use it like in combination with something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think so too. A lot of women are saying that because I was confused. Like I was like, do you yeah. do this all the time? How often do you change them? Like are you taking multiple pairs to work? Because they're also right. – they're spendy. Yes. They're like 30 or – they're like 40 bucks or something. I remember looking – Because I mean there's like serious – research and development there mm. like it's kind of a technological marvel i'll say that yeah. 
it seems like a lot of people are just using them at night. Well, you can also use them for incontinence. Ah, so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So they are they're making some that if you know you you have some some issues holding in, it's it's like a great alternative without having to wear a damn diaper or something. So it definitely yeah it, yeah it, yeah. So there's all these like amazing new new options in that category. It's the same product, and it's amazing to me that this has happened in just in the past few years. Like finally, we're like, hey, mm-hmm. we're fed up with the options yeah. we've had. Yeah, you know, and that makes me really excited that like not only are we looking for more sustainable options, but also like we're actually taking a step back and being like, let's make products that are better yeah. for women. Like I feel like the last big advance in period products was when we all had to stop wearing a belt. <laughs> Like when they when they put adhesive on pads. I mean, that was before our time, but like, think about that. Wasn't the the biggest innovation when like, um, oh god, it was like one of the one of the the tampon companies came out with an active version. <laughs> so this is the active, the sporty version. They still have it. Like, do they still make those? I don't oh know. my god! I think they do. I don't know. I'm like, what? Uh, righty. I mean, do you remember when you were in like um, middle school and you had to, to do the swimming thing? But if yeah. you had your period, you didn't have to do it. <laughs> I know. I know. And my mom would tell me stories about when she mm-hmm. was a teenager, you could skip gym class. Like if you had tried oh that when God. you and I were teenagers, like, no, no, no you're, you're going mm-hmm. out there. But I feel like it's it's been a really slow process for mm-hmm. – women to be seen as like valid people <laughs> like yeah, like no. i am just now seeing articles that are like oh studies have proven that menstrual cramps are as painful or more painful than a heart attack and i'm like yeah motherfuckers mm. that's right yeah no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> finally we're being seen <laughs> finally finally you know yeah. so yeah that's all i have for today but we have many more <laughs> sustainability conscious consumerism products trend stuff to tell you about in our next episode i know it was like it was like never ending you're right i like the idea of being able to continually talk about this and and talk about new brands and new products and you know if if anyone sees anything really cool please please send it over because i'm literally like this has been my most expensive research project because i keep <laughs> i keep buying things i'm like no i i'm like i need this like i want to to be able to change and this is a great way to be able to do that so if you could think of one thing that is like your holy grail of not coming in a plastic container what would it be you mean of of what i use now currently comes in plastic yeah like like for me it would be like could i please get contact solution in a glass yeah. bottle because i use a lot of it and i like I imagine I close my eyes and there's just a mountain of contact solution yeah. bottles stacked up behind me from like my lifetime of wearing contact lenses. I would like to see some innovation there. I think that's great because I also use contacts. I think uh, it's really, it's a hard call because you, you know, you talked about this conditioner thing. I just use a very specific Davinus conditioner that I really know, helps I know. my hair. I, you know what though? Why can't he just put it in a jar? Yeah, like a glass jar. Exactly. The conditioner bar is not for everyone. It's challenging. You have to be really careful with it and you have to rinse it all out. The rinsing is a little bit different in my opinion. Um, If you like an oilier conditioner, that's the way to go. Although a lot of these brands have different types. So you just need to do your research. But 
nothing will ever compare to just regular old awesome conditioner. And so my ask is like, just put it in a glass jar. Like I'll, I'll be really careful with it. The next episode, we're going to talk about some different like home cleaning solutions that are really awesome because I do love a good cleaning product and they all just come in bottles. I, and I, you know, not even realizing, you know, like how many like, you know, multi-surface product cleaners are using the, and you're just, you know, you go through it so quickly and so easily. And there are actually are some really cool ones out there. So I mean, toilet bowl cleaner. I feel like that's one that, that they haven't found a solution for. The shape of the bottle. Can I get that long neck? Yeah. <laughs> My mother, I mean, I remember seeing this as a kid. She just gets in there with a sponge in her oh, hand. Come she on. Like, oh yeah. I mean, she puts a like a uh, a rubber glove on, but I'm just like, oh hell Mrs. no! I got a wand. <laughs> she likes it clean, and she knows. <laughs> oh, because sometimes I'm cleaning oh, yeah. the toilet with the brush, right? Like the longest, yeah, 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 yeah. brush I can find. Longest, and I am as far. Away. I'm still just like horrified. <laughs> It's like dry heaving. I'm like, I hate my family right now. You're all disgusting animals. <laughs> I know. I'm always like, I need the harshest of chemicals. Yeah, like what's the most caustic thing I could put in here? <laughs> it's got to smell like this, like a swimming pool. <laughs> yes, totally. Yeah, exactly. totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of The Department. We talked about a lot of brands and stuff oh today, gosh. like the most we yes. have ever. So Kim really has her work cut out for her, but she does a I do. She does a really great job of writing mm-hmm. very thorough notes, including links and photos on our website, thedepartment.world. Yes. And you can also find us on Instagram uh, at underscore the underscore department. It's like the most complicated Instagram handle ever. And yeah. you know what, Kim, oh. you forgot to tell people that if they don't leave a rating or oh. review that you're going to dump a dump truck of plastic bottles on their front yard. <laughs> My mother is going to come over and try to wash your, your toilet with her hands. <laughs> and then make you a sandwich. And, oh, God, you're going to have to eat it. Yeah, please, please leave us um, a rating. Uh, go to Apple, the Apple podcast. Leave us a star rating, a review. So easy. So, so easy. easy. And like, have your friends do it. If you're saying like, hey, I'm not feeling really creative today. Just copy the one below it. I mean, people have done it. People have done it. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. But you know, just at least, as long as it's something at least hopefully kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, be kind of nice, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.